Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. He is risen. Aren't you so glad that our Savior did what he did? I don't know about you, but over the last few days, I've just been spending a little bit of time thinking about how undeserving I am and how much God loves me. And even when it doesn't make sense, he loves me. And so I'm so grateful for you uh, that you came and you decided to spend Easter weekend with us. And we are blessed to see what God is doing. Uh, I want to take just a few moments and I just want to welcome uh, a few to the house. We're going to, uh, we're going to, talk just a little bit about our Wyoming campus who is joining us, and we are going to talk about Alaska who's joining us, but also Johnson Street, the warming shelter, will be joining us tomorrow, and so uh, I just, will you give all of them a round of applause? Just exciting to see what God is doing and how God is bringing people together to go and to spread the gospel, amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk just for a few moments, and uh, I... I was thinking back to when I was, I believe I was in sixth grade. It was so long ago now. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I think I was in sixth grade and I, I took this job as a janitor at my dad's church. Now I was underage. So it was, I think it was under the table that I was getting paid and there were no child labor laws. And so I was getting paid very minimally to uh, clean the church. Um, so, uh, so I was making a whopping $2 and 50 cents an hour. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, and I, it was, I was going to work for the summer, and I wanted to save up. And the thing I wanted so badly was I wanted to buy uh, a Nintendo. And it was, the, it was the OG, the original Nintendo, okay? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about Nintendo 64. I'm not talking about a Switch. I'm talking about the original Nintendo. Nobody even had heard the word Nintendo yet. It had just come out. And, and I was... I was a big fan of a game called Donkey Kong. It, come on now, Donkey Kong. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then they had just come out with this new game called Super Mario Brothers. Now, see, even like kids that are in the house today, they're like, oh, I know Super Mario Brothers, right? I, my son has a Switch, and, and uh, he was showing me, and they, they just updated the graphics, but it was the same game. We just played it just while we were on our vacation together. And the, the cool thing about this is just so I just want to brag for just a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, there were things on there that I was doing that he did not know how to do. Come on now. Like, like you get up to the top of the little thing, and you hold B while you run, and it gives you some extra speed. So you can jump to the top of the flagpole and make some extra points. How many of you are with me right now? So I saved up because I wanted this Nintendo and I wanted to be able to play, I wanted to play Super Mario Brothers in my house on my, on my 12 inch TV that I had in my bedroom. Come on now. Nice tube TV, it was beautiful. It actually said Montgomery Ward on it. That's what kind of TV I had. Man, good times. Uh, and so, so I, I got this game system, and I became 
super good at Super Mario Brothers. And so I would have friends come over and play, and you could have two players when you're playing the game, but any of you who are familiar at all with the game, you know that after you play for a little while, if one player isn't doing quite as well and they die multiple times, then pretty soon they run out of lives and you get to continue to play. So I would do that. I have friends, they weren't as good at it as me, or my sister would sometimes come and play. And, uh, and so we would play this game, and then they would lose all their lives, and I would just keep playing. And I'd go, you're fine with this, right? I'm going to just keep going. And they would say, yeah, it's fine for a while. And then they would, they would not be so fine with it after a while. And so there was, this, there was this thing on the front of the Nintendo, and I have a picture of it that they're going to put up here uh, for just a second. They had this unique button on there that was the reset button. It says reset right there, right? So there's power, there's reset. It's only two buttons on the unit itself was a reset button. And so what I found is I had some friends that were sore losers. And so the more I would play, all of a sudden they would either just reach over and hit reset after they had lost their lives, or they would make some excuse to like lean in and grab something off the shelf and accidentally hit the reset button with their knee. I know, I know. You, you know, you can either get good at it or you can reset the thing. I don't know. Um, but today I want to talk to you about the great reset. Because as we look at this, we understand that we are in a time right now where society just seems to get harder and harder. It feels like things are getting worse and worse. And it doesn't matter what, what political party you vote for. It doesn't matter what Hollywood has to say. None of that matters. Everything just seems to be on a downward spiral. It gets worse and worse. And so I want to talk about this today because I feel like we're in this place where the world is fallen and it's flawed. And maybe you're somebody who you do your best to try and help each other. You try and, and use your best efforts to make a difference in this world. And it feels like no matter what, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Well, Jesus was sent from heaven. He was the only son of God. And he had a moment of a divine intervention, basically a reset of everything. And that's what I want to talk today for just a few moments about. Today we gather to celebrate the greatest reset in human history, the resurrection of the Son of God. And I want you to understand, maybe you're here and you're visiting with us today and you, it's just kind of the thing that you do. Maybe, maybe your parent dragged you here or your friend dragged you here or whatever and you don't really know what to think about God or about church Maybe you've had some bad experiences, but what I want you to hear from me today is that God really did send his son Jesus into this world, and Jesus lived a perfect, flawless, sinless life. He really did die on the cross, and then he really did raise again after three days. Those are all true things. This isn't a fairy tale. It's not something that was made up. It's absolute truth. But the most amazing fact of all of that is that he did it for you and for me. When Jesus was asked why he cared so much for us, he says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus came, and so maybe you sit here today and you find yourself in a position where you even feel like, why is it that God, a God who is good and a God who loves, why would he love me? Why would he want me? Maybe you sit here and you know that there's stuff that you've done, things in your past, things that you're currently doing, 
and you feel overwhelmed with even thinking that there's even a possibility that God could even see you, let alone love you. And today I want you to understand that Jesus knew full well who you were. And he died, and he would have died just for you. The amazing thing about Jesus coming was that he messed with the systems that were in place. Easter traditions are nice, dressing nice, uh, new outfit maybe, maybe it's uh, whatever you serve for lunch tomorrow and Easter ham or whatever that is, an afternoon with your family. All of those are great. The, the, the traditions are fine, but Easter is so much bigger than that. It's so much more important than that. And so I want us to look at something real quick as we talk about Jesus making this reset. We find it in Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. It says this, going on from that place, he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored just as uh, sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So this story is interesting because the, the priests are wound up in tradition. They're wound up in religion. They're wound up in the rules. They, the rules have become more important than people. And so as we look at this story, Jesus says, listen, I understand your rules. How many of you know Jesus knew the rules? He knew them inside and out. But in this moment, he's been, he's been asked this question, is it lawful to do this? And Jesus just says, what's, basically, what's more important, people or the rules? And in that moment, Jesus makes it clear what's more important. And so he flips things on their head when he says, listen, I'm going to heal this guy because this guy is more important to me than following some rules. We watched throughout Jesus' life that he continually did things like this where he bucked against, tra uh, against tradition. When Jesus hung on the cross, he transformed history. The tradition was that only the priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. Only the priest could have any kind of relationship with God. And when Jesus hung on that cross, we even just sang about it today. When we, when we sang about the fact that the veil was torn... In that moment, there was this veil that, that separated the presence of God from the priest. And only specific priests, having done specific rituals, would even be able to enter into that place at specific times. Everything was very guarded. But in this moment, when Jesus hangs on the cross, we read that the temple veil was torn. And all of a sudden, it changes the very relationship that we can have with God. So even in his death, he screams transformation, not tradition. The greatest reset was when that veil was torn, saying that the law and tradition no longer have a grip and that transformation now rules. Tradition is exclusive, but transformation is inclusive. We're all invited to the transformation process. Jesus was about people Rules and religion took a back seat to relationship with Jesus. 
And after Jesus died and they laid him in the tomb, tradition said that in three days you would need to go and, and embalm and cover and perfume. And traditionally, the, the smell by that time would already start to be bad. See, tradition covers over the smell. Transformation breathes life. So there doesn't need to be a smell. His body was transformed. It was made new. And maybe you're here because of an Easter tradition. Maybe, maybe that's why you've even come into this place today. You've walked in saying, well, this is what I do. I come on Easter and I maybe come on Christmas Eve and that's just the extent of what I do. And I want to tell you that tradition is binding. Yeah. Tradition is no fun. Yeah. Tradition kind of sucks for real. But transformation is what Jesus came for. He didn't come so that you will have to put on uncomfortable clothes one day a year and come to an uncomfortable gathering and sit through an uncomfortable message and then maybe go on about your day. He didn't come for that. He didn't come for tradition. He came, on the other hand, for transformation. Jesus' reset brings us transformation. I love this story because God's plan was always for a beautiful exchange. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. Yeah. What an amazing exchange that is. Amen. That God would love you enough. That God would love me enough. That not only would he say, hey, I'm going to take care of your sins. I'm going to take care of your stuff. I'm going to take care of your mess. But not only does he say, I'm going to pay the price for that, but I have an exchange for you. I'm going to bring you beauty for ashes. I'm going to bring you life where there was death. I'm going to bring you strength where you're weak. God is always in the business of making us better and bringing us better and showing us grace and love and mercy. A lot of people feel trapped by their past and they'll say things like, if you knew what I've done, you'd, you'd know that God could never accept me. And I just want you to hear from me today that I maybe don't know what you've done, but God still accepts you. God says he will accept, you, he will accept us and acquit us. And he actually does, he does it one better and he declares us not guilty. Sometimes we feel like when we approach God that God is, maybe he will forgive us. Maybe he will, maybe he will see us and love us, but he's always going to hold this thing over us. And that is not who God is. Yeah. God said, I've paid for it. It's taken care of. You don't have to worry about it anymore. That's how good he is. Listen to what Romans chapter 3 verse 22 says. If we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins and we all can be saved in the same way, by coming to Christ, no matter who we are or what we have been like. Some of you in the room, you need to hear that today because you, you come in almost with a chip on your shoulder as though to say, there's no way possible. And the Bible is very clear. And, and in case you are unaware, you've chosen to sit yourself in a church that believes this thing cover to cover. It is God's word. We don't, we don't white out any parts of it. We don't change it. We don't remove to make ourselves feel better. We believe it. It's truth. And so when his word says, listen, 
no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been like, it's available to you. Can I tell you that there's a myth that says you've got to clean yourself up before God can love you? Maybe you feel like that. I, I've got to get my act together and then maybe I'll approach God. There's a few things that I need to get right in my life first or there's some things that, that I got I to gotta, uh, make right and then I'll come to a place where, where maybe, maybe I'll feel right about having God in my life. Why do we do this? You know, it's funny because when I was growing up, on a rare occasion, my mom would have the opportunity to have, uh, to have somebody come in to, to clean her house. And it uh, wasn't very often, but on occasion, she would have this like, we'd, we'd be having some big thing, and so she would hire somebody to come in. But my mom would pre-clean the house before the cleaning lady would come. Because she, she wanted to like put, put her best foot forward for the cleaning lady. It's kind of like, I don't know, like if you neglect your teeth for a long time and then you know your dentist appointment is coming up, right? So like the day of your dentist appointment, you're trying to make up for all the time you have not been brushing your teeth well. All of a sudden you're flossing, you're doing all kinds of stuff, just trying to make it like you can, like you can make up for it after all that time. Or some of you are like this, you pre-wash the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. Come on. I, I get rinsing them. Okay, rinsing them is fine. But if you actually get the brush out, some of you feel like... <laughs> someone was like... Some of you feel like you've got to pre-clean yourself. Otherwise, God won't accept you. But God says No. You don't need to clean up your act. Just bring your stuff to me. Bring me all your problems because he has the answers. You don't have to wait. Jesus says, come as you are. I love that. I love that Jesus so clearly says, you can come just as you are. I want you to come to me with all of your burdens, with all of your stuff, with all of your nonsense, because inside of that, he says, I am the one that can hit the reset button for you. Yeah. You know, you can be in this place today and you may feel like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff though that if I was to come forward and if I was to accept Jesus, if I was to move in this relationship with him, then, then there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I'm gonna have to give up. I'm gonna have to quit. I'm gonna have to walk away from and, and I don't know that I'm ready to do that. Can I just tell you today that if you will just put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ and just say, God, will you speak to me about what it is that I should look like and let him begin to do what only he can do, and that is bring transformation. He doesn't want to bring tradition. See, tradition would say that we as the church will just get on you and say, change, change, get this right, get your stuff straight. But Jesus says, no, I bring transformation, which means through relationship, all of a sudden, God begins to speak to you. And the things that you're so worried of letting go of, all of a sudden, they become easy to let go because, God, because of that great love and that connection that you have with him. Romans chapter 10 says, so you will be saved if you honestly say Jesus is Lord. And if you believe with all your heart that God raised him from death, God will accept you and save you if you truly believe this and tell it to others. 
I'm going to ask everybody in the room if you'll just close your eyes with me for the next few moments. It's Easter weekend, and I know that some of you have come and you've sat in this room, and your expectation was that you knew you would hear that Jesus died on the cross and that he raised again, and you would probably hear an opportunity to accept Jesus into your life. And maybe you've even come into this place and you're a little guarded because of that. Maybe you've sat in other Easter gatherings. Maybe you've even sat in our Easter gatherings. And you came in fully expecting to hear and ignore. But I'm telling you today that you have the opportunity to make the most amazing decision of your life. You see, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And he said, I'm sending Jesus because I want relationship with my people. See, before that, it was so complicated and hard, and people had to do so many steps in order to just hopefully make themselves right. But then God said, I don't want to do it that way anymore. So I'm sending the great reset. And with that reset comes this opportunity where it's not about how, how good you can be and if you can clean yourself up enough that maybe he'll accept you. It's the opposite. It's saying, God, I trust you today. I love you today, and I believe in you today. And with that, will you forgive me of my sins, and will you take away my mess and my nonsense? Will you help me to look more like you? See, we live in a world right now where hope is fleeting. The things that we, that we thought would never change are changing. The things that we put our, our, our hope and our trust in, for some of you it's been the financial institution and we watch as everything is starting to crumble and things are becoming worth less and less and the ability to to purchase things it's it's becoming out of reach and and now you begin to wonder what is my hope in but can i tell you that one thing that will never change is that god loves you that he sees you that he cares about you so if you're here today, and maybe just hearing it this way has, has made you understand it a little bit better because I think we often overcomplicate things. But God said, listen, I've done the heavy lifting. The verses we just read said, you've got to believe him. Choose him. And then he takes your stuff. And he doesn't hold it over you and say, well, as long as you're good enough, then I won't, I won't apply this to you. No, he removes it from you. So today, I just want to ask this question. I wonder how many people that are here in this room right now that you would just say, you know, Jason, I want to have a right relationship with God. Maybe you walked in here thinking there's no way that God would ever, or there's no way I could ever, Today's a reset button for you. It's a moment where you get to say, God, I'm trusting you. And watch. As you hit that button, you're saying, God, I, I want to start new. And I know that you can do that. So if you're in the room today, and you'd be honest with me right now and just say, Jason, will you pray with me? I'm not going to make you stand up or come forward, but I just want to pray with you right where you are. Would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand? Catch my eye. Okay, thank you. Yep, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, way back there. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I see you way over there. Thank you. 
Is there anyone else today that would just say, Jason, will you remember me in this closing prayer? I just want to make my relationship right with God. He loves you so much. He sees you. I really feel like someone doesn't feel seen today. He sees you. He dotes on you. He's happy about you. He so badly wants relationship with you. Is there anyone else that would just put your hand up right now? I want to pray with you as well before we move on. Yeah, I see you back there. Thank you for your honesty. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer with me. You're going to maybe feel like this is so simple, but God sent Jesus to hit the reset button because he wanted to make it uncomplicated. He wanted to make it accessible. He so badly wants relationship with us. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room, whether you pray, whether you raise your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with us. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I thank you that you rose again on the third day. I thank you that you have plans for me. I'm asking you today to come into my life. I want to follow you. Forgive me of my sin and help me to chase after you with all that I am. Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer and you meant it you started this relationship with Jesus Christ and it is the best decision you've ever made would you give those a round of applause who raised their hands well we want to thank you again for joining us this Easter weekend we're going to close with one last song but I want you to just spend some time this weekend just thinking about how great the love of our Savior is for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you stand as they sing? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.